Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. This man has a nickname, always allowed to say, with no shame. Back-to-back days for me after a nice pod last night with a special guest, Haley. You should check that out. Out on Spotify. Always check out live version on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And a few other platforms. Podbean, my Twitter site. Plenty of platforms to check out the podcast. Appreciate all of them. Support for it, as always. Coming back in today. Rich has a little time to come through. Wanted to touch on some NBA with Rich before he has to get into work. I got to work later. Wanted to come in, clean up some stuff from yesterday. Had a bunch of college football, Alabama, plenty of good discussions, but missed out on some Odell Beckham Jr. to the Rams, Cam Newton, reuniting with the Panthers, and obviously Baltimore gets blown out last night, 22-10. Not really what I predicted. Um, Not looking good for, obviously, my Lamar Jackson MVP, but we still got Half of a season to go, but not a good look last night for the Baltimore Ravens. Back-to-back wins for the Miami Dolphins. Two off the bench. Um, Pretty wild stuff going on in sports all across the platforms. Trying to catch up on some of it here again today. Looking forward to doing so here with Rich in a second. Looking forward to getting... Some opportunity to work this week, starting up a new job, Essex Indoor Golf Center. You can come check me out over there. Some virtual golf, indoor golf. I'm teaching some golf over there. They got a full bar set up with tons of variety, working on trying to be a better bartender and serving drinks. But other than that, I'm excited to be back teaching golf, around golf. Um, Looking forward to trying to find some new things to do for work. Uh, Been kind of looking around, grinding figuring that all out but it's been a good experience for me even though I've kind of been going through a lot here over the past couple months after transferring jobs and everything else I've kind of been going through and trying to keep the podcast going so happy to be still doing that everything kind of going on with sports over 122 sporting events a night if you go and check ESPN and ESPN plus platforms between college basketball NHL NBA obviously the NFL fight nights pga tour i mean it's just endless formula one nascar it's covid news it's a lot to keep up with i enjoy following a lot of the topics and takes and looking forward to kind of coming in and catching up a little bit today right now it's time for straight talk brought to you by Sega straight talk microphone it's always direct time to reflect should be good try and get rich in here in a second enjoy the pod today had a really good pod last night. Y'all should check that out for sure. First time guest, special guest, Haley Stevenson, Alabama graduate. Some really good content for a first time potter. Shout out to her. Shout out to Rich. Shout out to sports. Everyone that follows along to the podcast. Appreciate all of you. It means a lot as always. Enjoy the show. Did you already hit a pod today? Oh, wait. No, back to back days. No, sorry. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I was uh, like, damn, what time did you do one? Yeah, no, I did, well, I, I did one last night, so I guess less than 12 hours ago. I had Fire Pod last night. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I didn't get a chance to listen. Some good content. You gotta, yeah, you gotta check that one out. Some good content yeah. on that one. Uh, what's good? How you doing? Good, man. Um, gloomy as shit out and pouring here, but it's alright. Today feels weird as fuck. I was actually off work yesterday, which is cool for Veterans Day. Oh, but nice. Today feels... Today feels like a Monday, but it's Friday, and I don't know, pouring yeah, rain yeah. on a weird day. 
Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, definitely shout out the veterans. Uh, I didn't even think to hit you up yesterday, but I ended up doing my pod like at like six. So and it was cool. You should check it out for sure. Yeah, um, a lot of college football talk and Bama talk, some good conversation and stories. So it was cool. Um, is, yeah, is the girl the girl who joined a big Bama fan football? Uh, fan she's a graduate of Alabama. Yeah, oh, she's nice. actually been to a couple Natty games. Uh, yeah, she had some good content for me. It's uh. It's my brother's girlfriend's sister. Um, okay. So she said she said she had wanted to stop by the pod. A lot of people say that. I've been telling you this. A lot of people say that, and it's all smoke. But, of course, the second she got off, texted me and said she had mad fun. I thought it was really yeah. good content. I was like, have you ever potted before? And she's like, nah. And I'm like, damn, you did really good for, like, a first timer. Like, I've had some people come on. Yeah. and I don't know. I it's think- been cool. A little different on your side because you have to actually like put content together and find stuff to talk about. But in terms of like being a guest on it, like if you watch the thing you're talking about a lot, I think it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, that and she was like telling me like basically like with her job, like she talked like she's kind of like you. She talks on the phone. She does like software and stuff for like Mm -hmm. bigger companies. Like, dude, if you're talking on the phone or like talking to people in general, like I think it makes this a little bit easier. But yeah, no, definitely some good content. That was fun to do. And then. Uh, I really wanted to touch on OBJ to the Rams, Cam Newton back to the Panthers, and didn't really get into any of that. There's just, like, so much stuff going on, bro. Like, I literally saw the other yeah. night there was, like, 122 events on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Like, you take into like, account. On what? When? Uh, this past yesterday? week. Yesterday? Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday, two days ago. I know it was this past week. I don't know. the. I have the exact clip. You know, I'm always clipping wow. the the post, but there's literally like a hundred. You got college basketball back, dude. UConn's gonna be legit. I went to the UConn, UConn game. Plays Wednesday. Yeah, yep. I went to the UConn game with Dukes. They play tomorrow too. He's got season tickets, so you should try and come to a game because UConn's say nice. I meant I meant Saturday. I don't know why I said Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, I think they're gonna be a top ten team in the country. Like, see, I, I'm thinking it's Monday. I'm thinking Monday's right now. Yeah, I'm I'm lost right now. Yeah, you're shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. There's like, oh yeah, here it is. With college hoops back on ESPN Plus and ESPN tonight, our team is enabling 185 live women's and men's college basketball games. And then not to mention you have the NHL, college hockey, soccer, volleyball, obviously, NBA and all that. It was like totaling 220 events. Like, can you imagine like being able to try and follow all that going on? Like I'm trying to think of like how they even cut, like I see like some of these random things in like uh, the ticker and whatnot and like try to like bring them up but it's like there's so much at at this point like uh yeah. yesterday i was like going through the pod talking with her and covering all the stuff that i knew she'd be into didn't really get to touch on obj rams i saw andrew wiggins going off against the t wolves we started off three and one good hot start for you and now i've lost six straight games uh and then there's just like these you know these random things. Did you see this UC Riverside uh, stunning Arizona State last night from a seventy footer buzzer beater? Did you see that? No. You need to look that up because that was that was one of the most wild shots that I've ever seen. And the second it left his hand from 70, 70 plus feet away, the dude dripped it nothing but net for a game winner. Just go look that up after you get off the pod today. It'll make your yeah. day. Just random yeah. shit like that. I covered uh, Khalil Pippleton. Do you see Lance Stevenson, my boy, dropping 26 in his G League de- debut last night? Let's, I did not. Let's touch on uh, some NBA and some hoops for sure. Um, I want to touch on the G League real quick, though. I'm going to start a bell for this. Uh, not necessarily Lance Stevenson, even though I think he'll get back in the league. Um, but I saw this. Uh, 
I saw this post by uh, Doug Gottlieb, who's like a lot into college basketball. I talked a lot of college last night. And I said I got some good content, and this Haley brought up a good point that I never really thought of, uh, even with basketball. But she was keeping it more towards football with this name image likeness. Uh, I talked about it a little bit with the G League when it came about. Um, are you gonna have more players that aren't gonna want to go pro because they're making pretty good money in college? Um, if they stay three, four years, we're seeing less one and duns. Um, I didn't think it would affect it as much, but she, she seems to think that you'll have some M- NFL players, some NBA players that may be top tier echelon talent that make a good, good amount of money and that don't necessarily need to go pro and put their bodies on the line. And I just thought about it like, damn, that is kind of wild. You got like these super seniors, you got guys that can make money in college for three, four years if they decide to want to continue. I see UCLA's Johnny Zuzang come back and UCLA's a top team this year in college basketball. Guys that maybe want to play and make some of that money off name image like this. It's an interesting point. I never really thought about it like that. But then I see Doug Gottlieb saying that he thinks the G League is going to be done. Like he thinks the G League might crumple down and uh, and not be a thing. After what? It just started last year and we saw Jalen Green come out of the G League. There's a guy who's top five on the no, ESPN draft around. books uh, coming out of the G League. Uh, I guess I'd have to ask you like how long it's been around. But the quote is, from one NBA coach saying, not sure how long the Ignite thing lasts. Is that the Ignite G League? Yeah, that their, I don't know. I don't their know. talent isn't good enough as last year. The college kids are getting more publicity, obviously, because of name, image, likeness, and things of that nature. And he said, also says the vets aren't as good as last year either. So do you see the G League that we I was hyping up? Because you can go make some money. But now that you can make money in college... There's really no point in going to the G League. I feel like you can make more money in college than the G League because we don't really... I don't know any players out of the G League. I knew Jalen Green out of the G League. And even then, it was tough to watch him play in the G League. Like I couldn't really... I was seeing highlights and, and clips. Like, the G League ain't really set up for us basketball fans to be following. Like, I don't know. I ain't watching much G League like that. So, I think college basketball sets it up for these players to be more successful going forward. And I guess the only reason I was pushing for the G League is these guys can make players... Uh, make money, but now these players can make money in college. To me, the G League doesn't make much sense. Yeah, but there, there are different scenarios for it. There's also the G. You could, you could say the G League doesn't make much sense for college players. Which, all right. So just to rewind a little bit, a few months ago, before or like a year ago, before colleges start pay started paying players or started allowing them to get paid for na- name, image, likeness. Yeah. People were saying the NCAA is in trouble because the G League's offering this money. People are going overseas. Like the G League's looking like it's going to take a lot of people away, which is likely why the NCAA allowed this. Like shit, we can't lose our whole product. We can't lose all the top prospects to like just going to the NBA G League early. Yeah. So I agree with uh, her. I agree with you on the sense that like yes, this could steal some people away and it could be bad for the G League. But the G League's not going to fail because a lot of what the G League was initially the D League and then they renamed it to the G League for whatever reason. Um, like, I don't know, three, four years ago, but there's a lot of good players who have like thrived in the G league and then come in and not even necessarily players that like went there instead of college players that get drafted and aren't ready for the NBA. Yeah. But I guess is my point, the G league more for guys like Lance Stevenson to try and get back in the league than like college players. The G league's way more for younger guys. Lance Stevenson probably shouldn't be in the G league. I (laughs) guess they're probably a team's probably testing him out to see like, does he still have it? Can we bring him up? But like a guy who was 
a good NBA player should look better than everyone in the G League, like he is right now. But the best the best um, success stories for the G League was like Pascal Siakam came up there, like was not ready to compete in the NBA, got really good there. Chris Middleton got really good there. Danny Green, Jeremy Lin, like there's a bunch of guys, Rudy Gobert, Robert Covington. There's a bunch of guys who came up in the G League. They weren't, they still went to college. They just weren't yeah. ready for NBA basketball. And if the G League wasn't there, they just never would have played basketball because they couldn't have gotten minutes with their team at the time. So the G League will never fail. I just think it might not be the revenue generator the NBA wanted it to be because they were trying to get the top prospects. And like, yeah, you're right. They could stay in college. I think it'll be, the last thing I'll say is I think it'll be maybe a little bit more of a thing with football though. Cause like with football, you've already gone, like you're not leaving as a freshman and a sophomore in football. So like you've already been there three years. So like, sure. Maybe people want to finish their last year. Like, Hey, I'm still getting paid. Like I can hit the draft next year. With, with basketball, I still think players are out because it's like, yeah, maybe they do one more year, but like three more years to get an education if you're a top guy is like a lot can happen in three years. Injuries, other better guys come out. Like usually if you're a top three pick, players are going to jump at that because like one inch, you're one injury away from not sniffing the NBA. Yeah, so like I don't, I don't think people are going to skip the NBA for it. Maybe football, we see people take their last year a little bit more where we see people that are top prospects leave as juniors more often. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, you know, this happened the other day, and I didn't get to bring this up, so I wanted to just touch on it quick because Jokic got suspended one game. I'm sure you saw the Jokic Keith thing. I guess Gobert and uh, yeah, who was it, Miles night, Turner yeah. getting into it last night? I was watching that, and I was like, yeah, that's not worth the suspension though. Uh, I'm watching that. I'm watching that Jokic thing, and I'm almost mad I didn't bring it up because I was gonna come in and say, dude, this dude deserves a suspension. Like the NBA needs to do something about this because that was like. I get one sheet shot deserves another. I get that, like, a lot of people are saying, oh, like, Markeith Morris shouldn't have done that. Like, no. To me, it, it was, like, not really that that uh, bad of a shot in terms of the dude's just trying to follow him. Like, okay, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit too much, but not, like, to the point where you're going to turn your, when the dude's back is turned, come at him and literally fucking bang him from the back. Like, I don't know. I thought he deserved way more than a one-game suspension. I thought that's a bad look for your MVP that's, uh, coming off of his MVP season that was very controversial. And let me just say, going forward, the Nuggets, I guess Michael Porter Jr. is out for a little while. Jamal Murray's still not on the court. You're going to rely on Jokic to do a lot more. I think the Nuggets are going to be in some trouble here because we talked about the Nuggets having this core around Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Joker. Well, the Joker looks like he's real frustrated. A lot of these players are real frustrated. Part of what it, I think it might be is something I'm going to have to ask you after this. But any any thought on Jokic suspension? Any thought on Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert getting a suspension? I wouldn't be surprised if they got a, a one game apiece, or if they're they're definitely getting fine. So, uh, I, I think it's more interesting to talk about the Jokic, but just real quick on the J- the Jazz one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Donovan Mitchell gets suspended. He wasn't even one of the main ones in the fight. But if you watch the replay, I was watching the game last night. Donovan Mitchell's, like, getting held back by three people trying to get into it and, like, shoves the referee in front of him. I am in all my DraftKings. The game was almost over. I was like, oh, he's getting ejected. He wasn't even in the fight. I was like, he's out of there. Uh, and they ejected, like, Mitchell, Ingles, Gobert, Turner. Yeah, maybe four players, else. So, like, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be suspensions there. There'll definitely be fines. Like, Donovan Mitchell's at least getting fined. You can't push an official like that. Like, he'll, he'll – so you get off on the – you can say it's fair or not. I think it is fair, but like reputation matters a lot in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell won't get in as much trouble as someone else that would have pushed a referee because he's like known as like a nice guy. And the second he pushed him, you could see his face. He's like, ah, like I didn't mean to do that. Like yeah. you could see it on his face very clearly. 
Jokic, kind of the same thing, has never done anything wrong, whereas, like, the guy on the other side of the fight, Morris, it, this stuff matters. When Pat Bev's on the other side, when Morris is on the other side, when Lance Stevens on the other side, the other dude gets the benefit of the doubt because they're known for starting this shit. So, like, you could say whatever you want. I knew your side on this before you came in because you don't like Jokic. It's a it yeah, but a, dude, don't. That's fine. Just don't tell me that wasn't a, that like the biggest cheap shot you've seen in the NBA in what a, two decades. I mean, like since I, what? Ron Artest? Like what do you? So what if you? What did, what did, what was? Why did he even do that, bro? Like because he got hard fouled. Do that if you're going up for a shot and someone just or a pass, I think it was, and someone just clocks you in your side like that for no reason at mid court. And then immediately, so like everyone's like, oh, Morris wants all that smoke. If he wants all that smoke after a hit like that that he knew was an unnecessary hit, he turns his back on him immediately. What do you want Joker to do? Tap him on the shoulder be like, turn around? Like, no, I am fully with that. Like, you're going to turn your back on me after body checking me? I'll check you right back. Oh, I my loved it. God. Do you know how hard you have to hit someone to send a 6'10", like 250-pound, like, big dude flying like Morris went flying I loved it I thought it was mad funny he deserved the suspension the only I like the second he did it I was like oh you're getting suspended for that I thought one game was fair the only thing I think wasn't fair is I think they played pretty equal roles in initiating the fight like Jokic hit him a little harder but I don't think that really matters too much so I think it's pretty unfair that like when you get suspended one game you're forfeiting a game check a game check for these dudes is a shitload of money so Morris started this things and gets fined fifty thousand dollars Jokic is getting suspended, and the bigger thing, losing a game check, which is like, I don't know exactly what it breaks down to, but like closer to $500,000 than $50,000. So it's like almost a not fair punishment, even though when we hear one game, it's like, yeah, okay, it's a fair for a one-game suspension, but he got fined like 100 times or 10 times as much money as uh, Morris did. Yeah, good point. He deserved it, though. Uh, The NBA stepping in and kind of doing this is, I think, a lot better than what I've seen out of the NFL, so I give the NBA some credit. Also, also, real quick, hilarious that he's Morris has missed the last two games with like whiplash after being like, we built different over here. <laughs> yeah, and also hilarious, this game coming up at the end of November where the Jokic brothers made a Twitter account and are coming at Marcus Morris. Like, this is going to be must-watch Listen, TV come the end, the end of the month. People are like, yo, you don't want to mess with the Morrises and stuff like this. Like, bro, the Jokic's were born in Serbia in the middle of a civil war where children's were like children were like holding grenades bro, in that war. Bro, like I saw a post that uh, uh, Nikola Jokic is quoted for saying, when I was a child, my brother held me down by my arms and threw knives around my head for refusing to climb a tree. He goes, that was a little crazy. I'm like, what? You're, it's not like, you I'm like, say like, these dudes oh, are... bro, like someone grew up in the streets of Detroit and like, no matter what you say, like, it's not fucking Serbia in the middle of a civil war where children are fighting. Like those dudes grew up in different circumstances than people here grew up in. And yeah. I get it. Cause like, I thought the same thing at first people see Jokic and it's like, Oh, this big tubby dude. Like dude, Jokic is probably one of the last dudes in the NBA. You'd ever want to get into like an actual scuffle. with. All right. I know you don't have much time, so I got to keep it moving. Uh, I've heard a lot of NBA players um, talking about the basketball. I've covered it like yeah. in a sports center read, like way over the, you know, the summer. And I'm like, oh, what, you know, what is going to go into them changing the basketball? I think I maybe asked you about it and we kind of just whatever, like chopped it up, might be a little different, whatever. Um, they say it's affecting them greatly. I mean, not only the shooting, but just the feel, the touch of the ball. Uh, we talked about the NBA being down a little bit in scoring um i think it's attributed a little bit to the 
the you know, new foul rules, but I think some of it's got to be attributed to the ball. Uh, we talk about Damian Lillard struggling a little bit. Um, some of these guys that have been on the record um, for you know talking about the ball. Um, is this like an actual thing? And if if so, why did the NBA do this? Like they used this ball for their entire existence, Spalding. Now all of a sudden they want to go to Wilson, and it's like, bro, who the hell? Who the hell came up with this idea? None of the players like it. And, like, are they going to go back to the old balls? Like, I don't get that at all. I don't get why you changed the ball. I don't get why even you then want to bring in these conversations that we're having where we're talking about the ball. You got players talking about the ball. To me, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, But I'll I'll leave it up to you the last minute to see if there's anything on the uh, ball for you. I, I honestly don't have much on that. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll listen to the players, and sure, if the dude's shooting it all the time or saying that, but, like, I, I have no idea. People I'd are trying to tell me the spin off the glass is different, the feel is different, just NBA analysts, some of the look, players. When you, when you use something that much, you feel the difference. Like, someone else, like, I don't know, like, maybe a weird example, but the best example I could give is, like, you know, we're not playing 2K as much now, but if you're playing, like, 2K or something a bunch, and then someone hands you, like, a new, like, bulkier controller you've never used before, you're going to be like, yo, this is mad annoying. This feels so different. Like, the buttons feel different and stuff. And someone who hasn't played would be like, dude, it's the exact same controller, like, almost the exact same thing. So, like, I'll give someone the benefit of the doubt, like, however much, like, video games might be a bad example. These dudes are working, like, eight hours a day with a basketball in their hand for, like, their entire maybe eight hours an exaggeration but like probably close to it for a lot of them but so you feel the tiniest different difference in that which i get i'd imagine it's like 70 percent true 30 percent falling back on as an excuse kind of thing like they'll adapt i don't know like jamar chase used it as an excuse for the nfl before the season started but he's been like the best receiver in the league so like <laughs> yeah but he was talking about the sh- yeah that's true he was talking about the stripes on the ball and like but yeah i guess he does. I did see a stat. He actually does have like a shockingly large number of drops. Like he's oh, yeah. one of the leaders in the league in drops. Jamar Chase. Just he's had so many long receptions. Good amount of drops. Yeah, incredible. Um, I want to touch on this quick. Uh, I saw this report um, from Ben Simmons saying that he believes the 76ers tactics are worsening his mental health instead of supporting him, and want to deem him mentally fit in order to force him to play. Basically, Rich Paul, uh, Clutch Sports CEO of the agent of Ben Simmons, come out and said Ben Simmons now feels like he's being forced to play by the 76ers. I talked to you about this, dude. And I'm not saying maybe there's a lot of people I think that maybe need to get some help mentally that like refuse it. Like I'm not saying that maybe Ben Simmons doesn't need some help uh, mentally. Like I, we, a lot of us do. And we want to like refuse it or not admit that we need it or can't afford it. There's a lot of these things you can get into. But I think the 76ers just handed this so poorly for Ben Simmons' sake. When you see kind of what happens for a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. And I get it's a different sport. You got Tyrese Maxey out here balling, bro. Back-to-back 30-point games. I talked about Tyrese Maxey's being able to step in and be able to play for the 76ers. You look at what he's been doing this season. You look at the 76ers, how they've been playing this season. Like, to me, bringing Ben Simmons back would do nothing for you. You're, you got a, like, 7-2 and two record. Joel Embiid's have COVID. Seth Curry's been out for a game. I, I just don't understand what the 76ers are thinking here because his trade value ain't going to go up regardless if he gets back on the court 
a lot of teams don't really seem they want to pay the contract that he has been laid out by you guys. So it can go both ways with Ben Simmons not going out his contract. Y'all gave him the contract. To me, the dude just doesn't want to be there anymore. And yeah, maybe that's going to be like a buyout situation. I saw John Wall. We talked about John Wall a few times. Might not play in the NBA this year because his contract is just not able to be traded. And he's not willing to take a buyout. So if he's not willing to take a buyout, he ain't playing in the NBA is what I'm hearing. That seems pretty wild to me. A guy like John Wall that could probably contribute to a team that isn't playing right now for the Houston Rockets won't take a buyout because his contract is absolutely absurd to go to another team. If you're Ben Simmons and you're really about this smoke to want to get to another spot, looking like you're going to need a buyout here, Ben Simmons, rather than showing up and going to these mental health therapists. I just don't know what's going on with the Sixers. I don't know why they want to just buy out Ben Simmons and let him go. What? What? what do you, you don't... Because why would they fucking do that? That would be an awful move. If he doesn't come to play and doesn't want to play, then what is holding on to him do for you in terms of value? Because they could trade him right now if they wanted to. So I, I'd imagine. So obviously they're going to trade him rather than get nothing for him. He is... People like... This is gets lost on people with how long it's been going on he's a top 30 player in the nba he is he is that's fine maybe 30 is your map he's a top like 40 player in the nba that's fine whatever you want to label him as you're not going to drop him for nothing you're going to get something for him you would never just wave him drop him because then you're responsible for paying a lot of his money you get zero in return for him and you just lost like a solid nba player so they'll never do that the issue is right now I agree with Ben Simmons. Like, why would anyone want to take, like, mental health help from someone who you don't believe has your mental health, like, in their best interest? Like, they don't give a shit about you right now. Like, sure, I'm sure if, like, you ask Daryl Morey deep down, like, do you want Ben Simmons to be well? Like, yeah, the answer is yes. But, like, their number one priority is, like, getting him traded, not be like, oh, dude, we want to make sure you're okay. So I get it. If I was in that position, too, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not taking out from you. I'll do my own shit. I don't need you guys. So, like, I get his side. But, like... From the Sixer side, we're not going to give you up for nothing. So, like, I res- do respect how Daryl Morey, I think they're handling it poorly and well in, like, two different ways. I do respect how, like, he wasn't like, no, we're not just going to cave for your, like, shit offers. We're not just going to trade him because he demands to be traded four years into a contract. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't, that shit with James Harden wouldn't have gone the way it went if Daryl Morey was still in there. Like, Daryl Morey has some balls for sure. So, like, I respect him for not just caving to it, but it is at the point where it's, like, is anyone being helped in this situation from Ben Simmons' best interest to, like, the team right now? So, like, we'll see. I think the only way this turns out is, like, a win for the Sixers is if one team gets real desperate and ends up offering you a little more than you thought you'd get. My best thought is, like, the Six, uh, the Kings offering them Fox would be, like, a nice return for them maybe. Um, my, my guess right now would be that when the trade happens, it's to the Timberwolves for D'Angelo Russell and something else be my guess uh yeah i if they trade him they they probably already lost value when they could have traded him over this offseason when he said he didn't want to be there now like lagging this thing out like to me that's offer we heard was brogdon and a first i think which is like eh, it's okay but like if you end up with De'Aaron fox i'd rather have that if you end up with d'angelo russell I'd probably rather have Malcolm Brogdon, but like, you know, is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we'll see. There's no matter what his value is tanked enormously from a year ago. I don't know how far down it is from the summer though. Cause like his trade value is, his 
you got to at least be impressed with how the Sixers are doing without Ben Simmons. Oh yeah, incredibly. And and Tobias Harris hasn't played yeah. forever, but uh, before last night, and Joel Embiid's missed like three games. So, like it's yeah, it's extremely impressive. It's been overshadowed because people just don't want to talk about teams without exciting players, and their exciting players haven't been playing, but like, yeah. they've been playing really well. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham went uh, went at it for the first time in regular season uh, this week, this past week, Rich. Uh, top two picks in the same draft to both uh, be named All-Stars. That happened 18 times. Both to be named All-NBA selections. That's happened four times. And both to have won a championship. That's happened six. Oddly enough, the last uh, two to play in an All-Star game is Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram, I believe, drafted in 2015. Um, so I just wanted to ask you quick. Um, I thought Cade Cunningham got off to his rough start, didn't really uh, make his debut till a couple games in. Now he's kind of coming into his own a little bit, and I know the Pistons only have a couple wins, but the Rockets only have one. Uh, Jalen Green... Ben seemed to do in some more highlighty play stuff, but not really resulting in any wins. Um, the roster on the Houston Rockets, I talked about John Wall a little bit, uh, just doesn't seem to be anything. Like you, like you, he has nothing to work with. Like we, talk, you talked about Daniel Tice, Eric Gordon being there. Like this dude has nothing to work with. Christian Wood is basically the only thing that he has to work with. You're running two man game, like that ain't gonna work. Gets. Get get rid of John Wall and get some other players in there, or let John Wall get some minutes, dude, because. Houston, it's just it's a joke. You're trying to you're trying to get uh, your younger players some burn, and it's like, all right, fine. To what? Not to win like ten games. Like, I mean, I don't I don't think John Wall should be out there. It's I, we saw it last year. He just took so many shots away from Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. Like when John Wall's out there, he's just kind of like a usage hog. Like I'd like to see him get traded, but like that's you got, not him. Kind do you think of. both these guys have a chance to be all stars? Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green. Yeah, I mean, a chance, yeah. I'd say I give Cade the higher shot, even though he's looked really bad to start the season shooting-wise. His shooting numbers are terrible, but, like, to me, I'm not worried about that. This is like a summer league. He missed the whole summer league. He hasn't yeah. played in a little while. He's getting warmed up. Like, he's looked really good on defense. He's 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 been fine. His shoot, the ball's just not going in, but, like, he's taking good shots, so I think it'll start falling. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like think they it. both have a chance to be all-stars for sure, but I don't think John Wall should be playing for them. He took so much usage last year. You're not, whether John Wall is playing or not playing, like what? Maybe best case scenario, John Wall adds you like three, four wins on the year. Like, Do any of these yeah. guys have a chance to, either of these guys have a chance to uh, win a championship? I mean, that's such a tough question because that's all where you fall. Like, I don't I don't know. It depends how the, I'd say the Pistons have a better core than the Rockets right now. Um, I like some of the pieces the Pistons have right now. I really like Sadiq Bay. Killian Hayes doesn't look good, but Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart. I think the Pistons have like a nice young little core they could grow with right now, but the championship thing is so tough. Yeah, but I think we'll it's interesting though too because most of these times you're going to see like these top picks, they're going to have to go somewhere else to potentially win a championship and we'll I see guess, if they can groom. the question is, do you think they have a chance to be like the best player on a championship team? I would say no for Jalen Green, which could be wrong, not that I've watched a bunch of him, just because like his skill set is more of that of a I don't know who I'm looking for, but like shoot first guard, jack up the shot. Like not a Kyrie Irving or Lillard because it's not on that level. Who knows who could, he could grow to that level, but like Kate Cunningham just has like 
again, I always say it, like the wing kind of build, and he can do everything a little better. So I'd give Cade Cunningham the better shot at being, like, the best player on a championship team. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I ask you, though, is because the Pelicans, dude, they lost to OKC at home this, this week. They're 1-11, worst record in the NBA. They have the worst net rating, worst defense, and the fifth worst offense. And there's a lot of confusion about Zion's injury still. They also gave Steven Adams $35 million and attached it first-round picks with Eric Bledsoe to trade him a year later. So I don't know what the fuck the Pelicans are doing. They didn't sign Lonzo Ball, who's been balling for the Bulls. Obviously, we're still waiting to see what's going on with Zion. But I've said this to you before. I don't think there's ever going to be a conversation to have where between John Zion regardless of like where Zion goes. But I do think Zion's going to be somewhere else pretty soon. He ain't going to be on the Pelicans. This dude, Zion, like when you think about how long and how his career's gone already and how long it might be, how long is this dude willing to just stay on the Pelicans? Like I think it gets to a point where you see what goes on and maybe he'll have to take less money. Maybe he'll have to take a shorter deal. But this dude is going to want to have a chance to win. And that's not going to happen in New Orleans. And you go and think about the Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets coming off of just what we talked about. What the hell are the chances the Detroit Pistons are going to win a championship with Cade Cunningham in the next, what, five, ten years? What the hell are the chances are the Rockets are going to be any type of playoff contender? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, it's just like, if you're Zion... Those teams are doing the right thing, though. Because, like, what, would it make you feel better if they just went out and spent all their budget on, like, a DeRozan or something this summer to, like, get marginally better? Like, no, But I guess if you're coach. a fan of the team, Rich, like, at least with, like, OKC for me, I can say, oh, we got a ton of draft picks. We got some young players. Like, with Houston, they got, what, some young players? Like, I don't like any of their long- young players besides Jalen Green. With Cade Cunningham, oh, they got some good pieces around. That ain't going to be enough Detroit. in the Eastern oh, Conference that's Detroit's, stacked. I think Detroit's going to be better than you think. Sadiq Bay is really good. Cade Cunningham, I think, is going to be really good. Isaiah Stewart's solid. You get one more solid piece in there, they'll be good. All right, so um, I guess my question was, would be to you, if Zion comes back a week from now, two weeks from now, whenever he comes back, if Zion wasn't hurt and was starting this season for the Pelicans, would they? where would they be at? Would They They wouldn't be 1-11, but would they be 2-12? and no. 12? Would they be 2-10? So, and 10? I mean, the tough thing is, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think Brandon Ingram's played like four games or something like that. And Zion obviously hasn't played a game. So that's really tough. Like, your two best players are out. But even with them in, like, when we did our rankings in the season, like, I knew Zion was going to miss. I assumed he'd miss, like, the first week or two. It's been a little longer than that now. I think I had them outside of the play in, like, around 11 or 12. Bro, so it's like, been I an eighth of the season already. Yeah, I know. I'm, I wasn't high on them to begin with, and then they lost Zion and Ingram. But the tough thing for me is, like, perfect. You get Zion and Ingram back, and it's like, then what? You're so far back that even the plan is looking like, we're going to need to really turn it around. It's like, your team doesn't fit together well. Like, I'd say their their best hope in something that's another thing that's been tough for them is Nikhil Alexander-Walker's a really good player the past few years, and he hasn't had the minutes because he's been behind Lonzo and other people. He has looked terrible to start the year. He played really, really well last night, like his first good game of the year. So, like, you need him to play. Dude, well the best the player on the Pelicans is Devontae Graham right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, which is which is a problem because like Nikhil Alexander Walker coming into the year was like looked at as like Devontae Graham's a good scorer, but like the much better point guard, and he hasn't been. So that's been a problem for them. So I don't know. The Pelicans are in a bad spot, man. Like even if Ingram and Zion come back. 
it's it's tough to have like <laughs> such a talented young guy and even two in Ingram and Zion and look at the roster and just be like and even again even with Grant playing well and NAW who has a lot of hope just look at the roster and be like this doesn't work. Valanciunas, I will say, I'll give him his credit. Valanciunas has been playing incredible, so good, but like they're in a tough spot. Uh, I told you this last time you were here, and it reared its ugly head again. Uh, Russ had another chance to win the game the other night against the Heat. Chucked up a three that did not go in, uh, but had 25, 14, and 12, I think he did, with two blocks and a steal. Had eight turnovers. Uh, but they did win the game in overtime against the Heat. Without Jimmy Butler, I mind you, good break for the Lakers. Without LeBron James, I saw THT and this dude Austin Reeves is now out for a couple weeks. They're dealing with a lot of injuries are the Los Angeles Austin Lakers. Reeves is the white dude I was talking about. But they about. won the game. Yeah, I've been I've been copping him a little bit when I see him playing 12 minutes in the fourth quarter, which I think is a problem. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm looking at the Lakers squad, and I just need to read this off to you, Rich, because I told you last time I, I saw that Russell Westbrook, he's shooting like 8 of 42 on those shots. Um, but I also seen a Sports Center fact that since coming into the league, no players hit more game tying or go-ahead shots in the final minute of fourth quarter overtime than Russell Westbrook. I feel like I've told you this stat before, and I feel like now I don't even understand how I can uh, defend this stat besides looking at some of these videos and also offering that he's going to take those shots. Like, he's he might miss them a bunch, and he misses a ton of them, but he's willing to take those shots and thinks he can make those shots, and the stats prove that he's going to make some of those shots. I honestly think that if the Lakers can get their team back, LeBron, T- Trevor Ariza, THT, Austin Reeves come back. Of 42? That was the stat I had last pod, which has to be correct because – you think about it. How many people are gonna? How many 19%. dudes? But how many dudes are taking those type of shots like on a consistent basis? Where it's like, all right, that's, like that's how many problem. dudes? How many dudes if have eight game winners? To someone else, they would probably shoot better than nineteen percent on those shots. Fair, but at the same time, the point is he's gonna be that. He's always kind of been that guy to be on the team to take that shot. And while I was trying to tell you the other day, if LeBron's in the game, he probably should have hit Melo in that game against hit he. I don't know if you're watching it, but I'm sitting there like. Yo, what are you doing? I knew he was going to take the shot, though. It's like, I know because I watch a ton of Russell Westbrook where I'm like, damn. But I also know that if LeBron James was on the court and Anthony Davis and you got all these other guys somewhat healthy, Carmelo Anthony out there, I don't think Russ is looking like this. Like, I honestly don't think Russ went to the Lakers with all these guys on the court thinking, yeah, I'm still going to be the same old me. I just yeah, don't believe in that. So when these guys do come back, I think you're going to see a little something different out of Russ, a little something different out of the Lakers. All these people like you trying to say the Lakers don't make the playoffs, that's a bad bet, dog. That's a bad bet. The Lakers, if LeBron oh, can stay on the court, the Lakers are going to be a team that are going to be something to wreck with, even with what Golden State Warriors are doing and Klay Thompson coming back hopefully around Christmas. If it were even, if it were just like 50-50, what do you think? I'm picking them make the playoffs. I bet them to miss the playoffs because the odds are great. Like the Vegas Sportsbook thinks it's a lock. They have them as like championship favorites. So I'll say, sure, I think that team misses the playoffs and give me a nice payout. And if I lose 15 bucks, I lose 15 bucks. Yeah. But That's a I bad think bet. the bigger problem here is like, yeah, I agree. They wouldn't look like this if LeBron was there. Russ wouldn't have the ball as much, but like. I think Russ needs to do like the look in the mirror, 
am I who I was three years ago right now? And I've said it for like a hundred times on here already. Like, I think he will get better. This isn't as bad as it's going to be all year. It's not like Russell Westbrook, just like he hasn't been efficient for Bro. a long time, but it's yeah, not like, like he just, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not like he just like fell off an absolute like cliff from last year, last year to this year. It's like, it'll get better. He's always had a tougher start to the season on his splits, but if LeBron's back, Russell Westbrook has the ball in his hands a little bit less. So ideally, the role you would want to see Russ playing right now, even though you need someone to do a lot, is like being okay with not being the guy, being like, yo, I'm not MVP Russ anymore. I'm still like a really good player, but like I am not the guy who has to be taking the shots. Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, whoever the four other people on the floor are, as long as it's not DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard, are a better shooter than him. That's just where we are right now. Like, he is the worst shooter yes, on the floor. Dude. If yes, dude. Yes. You center. know what? I've never been sitting here defending the fact that Russell Westbrook's a great shooter, but the dude can shoot the basketball. He plays in the NBA. He's proven dude, that he's able yeah, to make yeah, shots. Exactly. I'm not saying he should be out there sh- chucking shots. Yeah, he should probably find his teammates more. But I think what the Lakers are asking him to do right now with LeBron James out is to be that MVP caliber Russ-style guy. And, yeah, he's getting shit on for it right now. But that's what the Lakers are asking him to do. Because you don't think that after those games where he's got 10 turnovers and they're losing a game by three, LeBron would go in and be like, yo, you got to change it up. Dude, LeBron ain't there, so he's they're asking them to do this because is Anthony Davis going to carry the team? Hold on. I'm not saying, like, God, what is he doing? This is uncalled for. Like, you're right. He has to be doing this. They don't have the pieces for him not to be doing this. But at the end of the game... You need to have the self-realization. Like it's like almost what we talked about with Melo a few years ago, when it's like, dude, you got to realize, like you're on the court with Russ and Paul George, Harden and Chris Paul. You are not that guy. You need to give them the ball. That's where Russ is right now. Yeah, but Melo's end of game stuff. With the end of game stuff, I'm with you. Ninety percent of the game, you need the ball in his hands because he's making the offense go. He just needs to have the realization that, like, if Melo has the same exact shot as I do, it's better to give the ball to Melo. If AD has the same exact shot I do, it's better to give the ball to AD. Yes. I cannot shoot the ball unless it is a wide-open shot, and if it's the last 90 seconds of the game, I just straight-up should not shoot the ball from outside the three-point line. Like, that needs to be the scenario, because it's like, you, you gotta, you, he is a too smart of a player to, like, not realize, like, okay, I am the worst three-point shooter on the floor, and I'm pulling up for a contested shot for the game right now, instead of someone else who's taller, longer, a better shooter. Like, come on. You, you need to know that. Like, and that's the problem. It's not like, my concern is not like, oh, he's falling off. It's like, dude, you need to realize, like, your role on this team, which is, the yes, the ball in your hands most of the time, you making the offense go, but also getting it into other better shooters' hands when the game is on the line and you're shooting for a, it. I don't know. It's just stuff like that. And it's always been a little bit of an issue with Russ, despite how good he's been. But, like, he really needs to do the realization of, like, okay, like, I'm still great, but I'm I'm not who I was in 2015 right now. I need to defer to other people that are worse players but better shooters. Yes, and that's why I think he wanted to join the Lakers with LeBron James on the court, who hasn't been on the court. So I'm not going to come in here and ridicule Russ for his play because I think that Russ joining the Lakers was more of he wanted to play more of that role, not be the guy, not be the MVP not well, be a guy we've seen dominate the he ball. He traded there. He didn't say, like... I mean, he did say he wanted to play for the Lakers. But like, he did get traded there. It wasn't a free agency thing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been following up on the NBA. Harden playing a little better. Uh, Nets winning some better, games. But his scoring's still 
not great. He has two games this season over 20 points, which is like, yeah, there are 28 and a 28. They were good scoring games or a 28 and a 29 or something. But like, yeah, he's getting affected by the fop. I told you that was going to happen to him, bro. I I agreed with you that I I just said I don't think it'll be a problem. Like, I think he's end of the season talking about it. I think he's looking a little better in terms of like what I saw in him the first couple games, though. He's looking. Not saying he's looking like himself. He's not there as a scorer yet. Like, he's basically adapted to, like, a little bit more. I'm not going to get those calls. But because of that, he's also not driving and shooting as much, which is, like, yeah, he's not making bad plays where he's pretending to get fouled, really. And yeah. He's distributing a lot. But he's also not, like, scoring like you'd want him to yet. Yeah. Um. All right, I know you got to go soon, so I just want to ask you quick because I got to cover uh, – I got to cover a uh, – couple of these after you go and maybe if you before you go too, tell me if you got any bets even though i ain't betting tonight uh obj to the rams how you feeling about that i kind of hoped it was i wanted it to be somewhere where we could see a little more from him like it's just we all know he's not going to be the number one like cooper cup's the best receiver in football basically right now and then after that it's still kind of like i don't know where he's gonna fall like does he immediately jump in over robert woods i wouldn't think so like I, you're probably going to hate this. I'm not low on OBJ, but, like, do we know for a fact that he's going to be more involved than Van Jefferson, who, like, Stafford's liked as a deep threat this year? That's, like, I don't know. So that's, like, the one – I don't dislike it. It can only be a good thing for the Rams. But for OBJ, like, I kind of wanted to see him go to, like, the Pats, the Saints, like a team where it's like, oh, I think he's the wide receiver number one. Let's see what he does right here. So, like, I don't know. I wish he went somewhere else. But, like, good good move, I guess. Yeah, fair uh, point to make. I – I thought the Patriots would have been a good move. That was where I uh, said he would go as much as that burned my insides to have to say. Um, I saw they were being really aggressive for him. Um, At the end of the day, he was a free agent, so he was able to pick. And you were able to hear in between the Packers, Chiefs, Saints, he ends up choosing the Rams. Um, Where I'll disagree with you is is this I do think OBJ is going to impact the Rams. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to step in and be the number one, number two, number three, whatever. I think he's going to impact what the Rams are trying to do, which is make a playoff run, make it to a Super Bowl, compete for a championship. They already have the best passing attack in in the NFL. You go and add OBJ, replacing Deshaun Jackson, who you just let go to the Raiders. To me, OBJ is better than Deshaun Jackson. To me, OBJ is better than Van Jefferson. So if OBJ comes out and shows that he's able to still play some football, he's going to be on the best offensive passing attack in the NFL. I mind you... With the best defensive rushing or uh, rushing the quarterback attack that just added Von Miller as well. I think the Rams were a clear favorite before getting Von Miller and OBJ, and you just added two stud players. I think the Rams are going to be extremely tough to beat going forward. I know everyone's going to be picking the Rams, but I think before the Rams had OBJ, before the Rams had Von Miller, they were in this conversation to potentially make this run after going to get Matt Stafford and what we've seen out of them, even with a tough loss to Tennessee Titans on Sunday Night Football. But now you add these guys to already having a dominant defense and the best passing attack with Matt Stafford, best completion percentage, uh, most passing yards, Cooper Cup, having one of the best seasons in the NFL history. Um... Uh, alongside OBJ, I think that only helps. So you're, they're not rushing the ball; they're throwing the ball. So OBJ wants to go where they're throwing the ball. Um, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. I think he's going to contribute to a team that's trying to make a run. And to me, that makes a really good move because I thought the Packers would have been a really good one too. I just didn't want to see that. Um, to see him go to the Rams, another NFC Biden contender, is only great news. With you know how I feel about uh Aaron Rodgers. Real quick, I uh, know you got to go. 
the only thing I'll say is I don't know if they said this on I haven't watched anything about this. Maybe this has been talked about on ESPN or something. But my thoughts just now are basically like it kind of makes sense for OPJ in the sense that he probably can't afford to have his value tanked right now. So like the worst thing that could have happened to him is going to a team like the Pats. Yeah, where he is the number one, and it doesn't and not go well. Any usage? Yep. Just so like I think it was a safe move to go to the Rams. Where he's yeah, like, look, they'll be passing the ball. Stafford will hopefully find me if I'm open. Yep. And even if I'm only out there for like 60% of the snaps, yeah. I'll still hopefully be getting some targets. And that way next year, if I could be on a team that went to the Super Bowl, wins a Super Bowl championship, plays somewhat of a role, yeah. then hopefully more teams want me. Huge I'm not move. In this negative place. Huge move for OBJ, honestly. Uh, really good, good move. For him personally, I just selfishly would like to see him somewhere where he's getting more targets, but it, it should be good. Yeah, I think he'll be just fine, honestly, in terms of targets. So he was leading the Browns in targets, uh, and he had one reception for six yards this last game. Uh, can't be much worse than that. Uh, I know you got to go, so I just wanted to ask you real quick, and then uh, mm-hmm. let me know if you got any locks for me tonight. Um, Cam Newton's back on the Panthers, dog. Uh, kind of wild after being released for 18, 18 months prior, obviously going to the Patriots, obviously getting released by the Patriots, obviously having the old situation with him being unvaccinated, decided to get vaccinated, in my opinion, helped him get this job. Uh, Cam Newton comes in, steps in, is going to be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers for the rest of the season. Like Sam Donald's on IR for four weeks, but there's no way Sam Donald's coming back in. I was so wrong about Sam Darnold. Started out looking okay. Ends up being the worst quarterback in the league this year. Um, And going forward, it's going to be tough for Sam Darnold not just being a straight backup in this league. And that's only good news for Jets fans, Barry, uh, Jets organization, all that. Uh, But Cam Newton to the Panthers is extremely interesting for me at at this moment because they still have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, I'm not saying they're going to make a deep playoff run. But they do have a chance to win some games and get into the seventh seed uh, that Atlanta currently holds. And they play Atlanta a few times because they're in their division. Uh, I can't remember if they already played this year already, but they will play at some point. So Cam Newton does have a shot here. Um, Cam Newton, and a lot of people have talked so much smack on Cam Newton, who I just think hasn't been healthy, dealt with COVID, and then dealt with a really sorry situation with the New England Patriots after I thought the Panthers never should have got rid of them anyways. Because since you got rid of Cam uh, Cam Newton, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you've paid two guys, Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, $54 million to quarterback your team for a year and a half, and neither of them are going to be quarterbacking it going forward. So lot, not a lot of good decisions at the quarterback's position, even though Cam was hurt at the time. You probably should have just held on to Cam Newton. Now Cam Newton's back. It's good to see him back. Um, I don't know if he's going to take and be the Cam Newton that we've Wanted to see. I don't think he's going to be out there taking the league by storm. But I do think Cam Newton still is a starting quarterback in this league. And I think he'll win some football games. Um, I can't imagine he's getting them to the playoffs just based off no team even wanted him. Yeah, maybe that has a good amount to do with the vaccination stuff. Coming in, learning a new offense, even if it's his old team, different players, different coaching staff. So new offense there. I don't know. I don't have much faith in it going well. It sucks for sucks for Darnold. Not that I'm like a, a huge fan or anything, but it's like he was doing pretty well in the first few games before McCaffrey went down. And obviously McCaffrey was back last week and it still didn't go well. But he's looked terrible the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean he McCaffrey went down and Darnold apparently had something get 
Like he was hurt playing with an injury, and now he's out. Like was I don't know. I think that's what I heard. But yeah, it didn't go. It didn't do, go really good for him at all. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Panthers do going forward. Because rather than sell out on their season, in which they have Christian McCaffrey coming back, have a pretty nice defense in terms of ranks and and making plays. So see what Camden can do, man. Because he yeah. he's playing for I think maybe another contract, not only with Carolina, but maybe in a spot like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, uh, like the, I don't know, Denver Broncos, teams that could be looking for a quarterback going forward if they don't want to ride with what they got, the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. I'm, there's going to be some openings, I think, for some quarterbacks this offseason. All right, bro, I know you got to go soon. Any locks for tonight or what? I've been doing – I've been abandoning the spreads and doing solely player props, and it's gone way better. I'm not good at the spreads and the player props I seem to be a million times better at. Um, yeah, I've been sticking more money lines in the spreads. The spreads are terrible. Even, even money lines, I have a tough time because it's like, I don't know. I just feel some – the ones I feel the most confident about are just getting bad payouts because it's like, yeah, obviously they're going to win on the money line. So yeah. like some of the player props I look at and it's like they're usually pretty even spreads. But some of them I look at, I'm like, I just straight up think that's wrong. So two I got for you tonight that I was just looking into. I think you should do them even if you only put a tiny bit. I've been doing pretty well on them. Um Kevon Looney, under 6.5 rebounds. Um, He has two games this year going over 6.5 rebounds. One of them was 17 rebounds in his most recent game, but he played an absurd amount of minutes. They had him out there guarding Carl Anthony Towns. They usually go small. He almost never gets over six rebounds, so I'm going going under 6.5 rebounds for Looney, and I'm going under 6.5 assists for Drew Holiday. He has yet to get seven assists on the season. His last two games, he had six. He did miss some games. He's only playing about 30 minutes. He doesn't look himself yet. That one I'm a little less confident with yet, but I'll take a line with the player has yet to go over it once this season. Drew Holiday's assists are 1-5-3-4-6-6, and his line tonight, 6.5. I'll take the under on that. Under, you, you're starting under. to sound like an actual uh, sports better too. I love it. I I, lo- I like it a lot. It has literally been helping me on DraftKings. Like I haven't done well the last like few nights on DraftKings, but like basically every night I've been going in and being like, all right, like what do I have to do to make the money back? And trying to find one or two in there. Even if I lose one in the early games, what I actually like even more is the live in-game props and basically being like, yo, they think whatever. Like I did it a few nights ago. Like they think. Um, Toscano Anderson, the line was Juan Toscano Anderson for the Warriors was over under 2.5 rebounds for the second half, and he didn't even get a minute in the first half. So I was like, all right, I'll fucking take the under on that. They might not even play it. He ended up playing like five minutes in the under hits. Like, I think the in-game player props are a nice one. You basically just have to, like, open it up and randomly scroll through. No, yeah, yeah, I feel you. I've been doing some of the player props. Of course, my player props in the football game hit last night, but I had the... Ravens. I had the Ravens winning the game, and they of course didn't win the game. So yeah, interesting. Uh, not looking good Dude, for my Lamar Jackson no for MVP. On I gotta go after this. I have no stats on this, but I know it's for like almost a hundred percent effect. The last like nine, nine is an exaggeration. The last like five, um, like what am I looking for? Like main night NFL games, like the night game on Thursday, Sunday, or Monday. Yeah. Like prime prime time games. The last like five Lamar Jackson has played. Because I do the showdown slates for DraftKings where it's like one game, you pick the captain. He is yeah. like the overwhelming, like, oh my god, he's going to kill him. It's been against bad teams every time. It's like the Dolphins, yeah. the fucking Texans. Every single one has gone terribly. And the Ravens have put up like 
seven points or under, basically. I think they scored more than that last night. But, like, 14 points or under on all of them when every single one, none of them were like, ooh, they're going against the Rams' defense, which would be tough. Everyone is like, oh, Lamar's going to cook them because I watch these DraftKings things. Like, oh, Lamar's the runaway captain, everyone. So, like, the last few, I've been like, fuck it, I just won't put him in the captain. Like, my lineup still didn't do great. It did okay. But, like, he has been, not that Lamar isn't good, but he has been does on, like, the primetime games the last, like, four or five times. I know. doesn't look good for my uh, Lamar for MVP pick coming off of 266 passing yards, three passing TDs, and 120 rushing yards. But, yeah, uh, I think he went for 238, a touchdown, and interception last night. Not a good game for uh, him only putting up 10 10 points. uh, Nope, nope, nope. One of my fantasy leagues had Gusecki who got a zero and Lamar who got a whatever he got, so I'm already toast that week. Luckily, our league, I had Bateman who did okay. Yeah, your team sucks in our league. You probably need to make a trade. Such bullshit. Fucking starting tight end and three running backs hurt all year. Like, what am I even supposed to do? Been starting the team. Make a trade, bro. I've offered a few. People have declined them. I need running backs, but everyone needs running backs. I got running backs. I give you a running back. I'm trying to trade for OBJ right now, but I don't think Austin will do it. I sent him a two for one. We'll see. I would trade you OBJ in a heartbeat for anything. Yeah, I think I thought he would, but haven't heard back from him yet. (laughs) All right, I got to hop off. I got a meeting right now. All right, see you, bro. bro. Peace. Peace. Thanks for stopping by. Of course. All right, bro. Peace. Richie. I had a couple updates that I uh, said I was going to have for last pod that Rich was here and then uh, didn't get them in, so I'll try and get them in quick before I get out of here and make a few game picks. Um, Longest win streak to start the season in NHL history uh, is 10 the Maple Leafs in 93-94, and the Sabres in 2006 and 2007. The Hurricanes this season are 9-0. and uh, I'm not sure if they won to reach that 10 mark. I'm not sure if they won to get past that 10 mark. I'll have to check up on that stat. But pretty incredible to see them starting off 9-0 and in NHL play. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, talked about Cooper Cup a little bit with Rich. First player since Calvin Johnson to score 10 TDs in Team's first eight games, and obviously adding Odell Beckham Jr. Um, to that offense, I think is going to be electric, and looking forward to seeing that. A couple big-time games this week for a lot of teams looking to make a playoff push, looking to be in the playoff conversation, particularly Cleveland at New England. Obviously, Cleveland letting OBJ go, uh, them getting a big-time 41-16 win over the Cincinnati Bengals, who had been looking real hot. Uh, but Baker Mayfield doing so, just 14 completions, 218 yards. Did have two touchdowns, but it was a run-heavy 137 yards for Nick Chubb, two touchdowns, defensive-driven game for the Cleveland Browns, which is the game they're trying to play. Um, similar in statue to the New England Patriots, who obviously have the rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. Talked a little bit about Mac Jones on yesterday's pod, Alabama graduate, who is in his last basically four games now, completing 70, 65% of his passes, has seven touchdowns and only two picks, and his passer rating is 97.2. So he is playing a lot better than he was looking the first few games in which New England's record wasn't great and it wasn't looking like New England was going to uh, make a run towards the playoffs. Well, now he's kind of turned around. Defense is playing better, running the ball. Um, but this is a big-time game for both of these teams to make a playoff push. And as much as I don't like Baker Mayfield, and I know Nick Chubb is potentially questionable, with even though he's vaccinated, testing positive for COVID, so we'll see if he's able to play in this game, Nick Chubb. 
Um, if he's not, that's going to be a big-time loss with Kareem Hunt already out. So we've seen DeJernis Johnson, third string, come in and win a football game for the Cleveland Browns, but that's going to be a tough task up against the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. And really this game comes down to Baker Mayfield versus Mac Jones, who you got more faith in. And Baker Mayfield a little banged up right now. New England Patriots at home. Would not be wild for, to see the New England Patriots win this football game, um, but they also, are, I think, haven't won a football game at home this year or just only won one, one and three are the New England Patriots at home. So not as much of that home field advantage we're used to in uh, New England. Uh, it's a really tough game for me to pick, but I'm taking the Browns. Uh, take the Browns to win this football game. I had the Browns making back-to-back playoff appearances uh, for the first time since 88-89. And I do think uh, it's going to have to start with winning some of these big-time games that we've already got to Week 10 in the NFL season starting now. Getting rid of OBJ, Baker with all the smoke on OBJ. Let's see if he's able to produce without OBJ, which he's shown he's able to do. Uh, We'll see if he can do it at a consistent rate towards the end of this season. Uh, Looking forward to seeing that game's results as I had took an L last night picking Baltimore, now 76-61 on the season. I'll take Dallas in a back bounce-back win. I think Tennessee can take care of New Orleans. Alvin Kamara, questionable. Uh, I got the Indianapolis Colts over the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I mentioned I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to bounce back at the Jets, even though Mike White's getting a start, and he said he should be a first-round overall pick. Um, Pittsburgh's playing Detroit, and I don't think Detroit's going to get their first win against Pittsburgh. You're going to have Pittsburgh at 6-3, and and I've been on the record saying I think Pittsburgh is going to have a losing season this year. Now 6-3, and three, back up in the conversation. Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben, final ride, who knows. Pittsburgh Steelers got a tough schedule on the way out here. So yeah, that big game that they played last week against uh, Chicago on Monday Night Football, in which they won 29-27, is going to prove to be huge because I don't think they're losing to Detroit. So 6-3, and three, right? Well, after Detroit, they go Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Ravens. That's a tough schedule on the way out, even at 6-3. and three, I still think they can lose at least four or five of those games on the way out, and I don't think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. But they will win this week at Detroit. Tampa Bay should win this week at Washington, coming off a bye. We all heard about Tampa Bay. Lamar Jackson not looking great last night. Josh Allen taking a step back. Kyler Murray questionable. Tom Brady sliding his way up, obviously, in the MVP conversation because he's leading the league in touchdown passes, leading the league in passing yards, all inflated statistics, in my opinion. But, hey, he's doing it, so you got to give him credit for what he's doing. Um, We'll see if he's able to keep that going going forward. This Carolina-Arizona game, wild for me because I don't know if Cam's going to start or not. Uh, I doubt it. Uh, But maybe he could. He's vaccinated. Um, Get these guys in there. Uh, as soon as possible, get them to try and play. P.J. Walker, uh, I'm not sure how much faith I have in P.J. Walker, but he was an XFL star. Um, if Kyler Murray's not playing in this game, I know Arizona D is legit. I know this team or this game is at Arizona. Um, but if Cam Newman can somehow get on the field, this is going to be a huge start for what could be something that I was just talking about with Rich. Carolina Panthers making a push for this playoff uh, race in the NFC. Um I think if Cam Newman plays in this game and Kyler Murray doesn't, I might have Carolina in the upset. Uh, A lot of people are taking Minnesota in an upset at the Chargers this week. I am not. 
I am on the Chargers. I am on Justin Herbert. I'm a big Chargers guy. I know the LA Rams are looking like the cream of the crop in LA, but I still have faith in the LA Chargers to make a run this year, make the playoffs this year, and I will continue to be on that train. Philly at Denver. Denver coming off that big blow-off win at Dallas. Blowout win at Dallas. Teddy Two Gloves looking like the second coming of uh, Joe Montana against Dallas. Jalen Hurts talked about him a little bit yesterday with uh, Haley on the podcast. Another Alabama QB. Um, another hard game to pick. Uh, I think Philly is just kind of lost in the sauce because of Nick Sirianni. Hopefully Duke comes back soon trying to get him on the podcast. Uh, maybe try and send him out the link so he can jump in via StreamYard and not have to come by the crib to do the pod, try to get that linked up soon. But I'd be interested to hear what Dukes is feeling about uh, Jalen Hurts, about Philly, um, about their chances to win this game at Denver this week. Uh, I think they do not. I'll take the Broncos. I think Seattle pulls an upset at Green Bay. Uh, even if Aaron Rodgers plays in this game, uh, I think he'll be slightly rusty. Um, we'll see if Russell Wilson's able to play in this game, but all signs are pointing to that. Can Chris Carson get back on the field? Some signs are pointing to that. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, defense, was looking a lot terrible in the beginning of the season. Looked a lot better the past couple weeks without Russell Wilson. Can you keep that going with Russell Wilson? If you can, we all know what Russell Wilson is, a guy that wins games. I think he wins this game, even on the road, at Green Bay, even if Aaron Rodgers is able to play. Maybe he's not able to play. And if he's not, that's Aaron Rodgers costing his team now two wins, in my opinion. Going to be two losses if Aaron Rodgers can't play. Even if he can, I think Seattle can win this football game. Sunday Night Football is Kansas City at Las Vegas. Uh, we all know what happened with Henry Ruggs' situation. I saw Mark Davis attend Tina Tanter's uh, funeral service uh, today. Um, obviously, Henry Ruggs is dealing with his legal issues, and I doubt he plays in the league again. Um, just a sad thing to see happen to uh, such a young person. Um, you know, it's just crazy how things can change and just drastically, uh, for the good or the bad. Um, I always kind of talk about it. It's happened to me. It's happened to Henry Ruggs. It happened, it's happened to all of us. Uh, you know, one of the harder things for me, I think is trying to get used to not being able to talk to people I miss that aren't around and not being able to talk to people that I miss that are still around. That's that's a weird uh, thing to juggle, because you would think that the uh, the f- the first is is harder, but it's almost the latter, because you're almost forcing yourself to hold back, knowing that at least they're there and they could see it, they could answer. Um, it's always kind of been wild to see how things shake out for a guy like Henry Ruggs. Um, a guy with talent, a guy we've talked about on the podcast before, and now he's found himself in this situation. Um, you know, I think it's tough because you bring in Deshaun Jackson trying to replace Henry Ruggs and Hunter Refro's there and Derek Carr really having an underrated season and Josh Jacobs and everything going on with Gruden. And I saw they had to cut another guy for death threats. I mean, the things are just spiraling for the Raiders. So what a good time for the Kansas City Chiefs who are still trying to kind of get right, come in, even at Las Vegas and win a football game, I think they do. Uh, Pat Mahomes, one of the toughest stretches of his career, if not the toughest. Uh, having a baby, 
kind of figuring things out, offensive line, missing Sammy Watkins, running game kind of being inept, uh, defense absolutely terrible. Uh, a lot of things that the Chiefs have overcome this year, and I think they're continuing to do so at a rate with a lot of people blasting them because obviously a lot of people have them as an AFC pick um, to make the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think they make the Super Bowl. I would not be stunned if they missed the playoffs, but I would also not be surprised if they do. And if they win this football game one step closer to that with what is a very boggled up AFC standings right now. Uh, the LA Rams hopefully will introduce OBJ, Von Miller, all the above Monday night at San Francisco, who is completely inept. Um, Trey Lance, I, like this is what I mean about these quarterbacks not starting from the jump. Because now th- at 3-5, and five, Jimmy G, even though he played a pretty decent game last week, you get... Uh, you take an L uh, up against the Arizona Cardinals, who has not their starting quarterback, not their starting wide receiver, their stud wide receiver, missing J.J. Watt, A.J. Green out, running back out the first play. I mean, you got absolutely annihilated if you're the San Francisco 49ers in that situation. One would not have thought that besides myself. Uh, you got James Conner out here leading the league in touchdowns with 11. Uh, you got Kyler Murray up in the air who knows if he's going to play but when he comes back obviously we know what Kyler Murray is and with this defense playing this way that the uh Arizona Cardinals are definitely a threat San Francisco 49ers are so far from a threat and we saw what happened last week against the Arizona Cardinals we're probably going to see what happens this week against the LA Rams two teams both division foes and the San Francisco 49ers a lot of us thought a lot closer to those teams than they actually are. They're actually a lot farther away. And a lot of people, including myself, definitely Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers fans and organization hoping Trey Lance is the real deal. Because otherwise, they are going to be burnt. Should be a good week NFL football. Looking forward to watching that. Obviously, college football slate tomorrow. Um, catching in on some of the NBA games, obviously. And Plenty of other sports to try and keep up on. Um, can continue to try and do that. And I'll be working this week and getting some more hours next week, which is good because I haven't been working. Um, kind of looking for a new job, looking for more jobs, looking for what I'm going to do next. Um, and everyone's kind of, I guess, done that too. It's just stressful time. Uh Everyone kind of deals with their own things in their own ways. I've had people say that to me before, my friends. Um, I haven't been seeing much of lately either. Uh, I know Rich came through today. Much love to him. Had Haley stop by. Uh, trying to get Dukes back around. I haven't heard much from Chu. Uh, hopefully he'll get back around. We can start potting a little bit here, Chu. And I soon uh, got some stuff to catch up on him. Obviously some baseball, MLB, World Series, all that. Um... But I think it's interesting to see uh, how some people kind of handle these things that they go through in their life, um, good and bad, and where that kind of leaves you afterwards. Uh, You know, I've been extremely proud of myself, and I've talked about it before, to kind of get through a lot of these things, um, loss, depression, 
anxiety, losing your job, uh, switching jobs, all that stuff, man. It's It's been a lot, being single, being lonely, not really having a lot of friends, as I've mentioned multiple times. Uh, you know, I'm trying to create more of a captive, get more people around, talking, spreading my brand, trying to do something different. Not really know what I'm doing, so am I searching? What am I searching for? A lot of questions, but not a lot of answers, and that's also not always a good feeling, too. But uh, I find that everyone's gonna win in this world, man. Really, depending on how you look at it. And my brother brings up a good point, and many people can bring up any of these points, and it's all about just how you take things in and put things into perspective. And I've always been kind of doing that my entire life um, now and dealing with all these things that have happened to me in my life just like everyone else is going to have to deal with the things that happened in their life and all the things that happen in sports and how that makes me feel and react and want to talk about it and this and that it's it's the same for everyone else and at the end of the day I think more people um, need to realize that regardless of stature job status how much money you're making what you're doing, uh, we're all the same people going through the same things, fighting the same battles, looking for the same love and less hate, uh, more support and appreciation. I think that's one of the biggest things for me. Like I've always just wanted to be appreciated. That's it. I think there's nothing worse than like not feeling appreciated. Um, I hope my friends and people that listen to my podcast know that i appreciate you um know that i appreciate y'all listening to any of my takes coming in checking up on me or want to join the conversation yourself um the passion the love the support means so much to me at a time where yeah maybe i am searching and i think a lot of people are afraid to admit a lot of things at certain times to certain people um not me i've kind of always tried to keep it real and i always trying to continue to do so even in the sports world even outside the sports world i'm just trying to do me and enjoy my time and whoever's there for that i appreciate and whoever's not i hope it works out for you man your style your flow your way um I'll never hate on that, and I'll continue to love and support and care for the people that know I do care and love and appreciate y'all. So, you know who you are, and for that, it makes me feel good that I've able to do that for so many people out there, even if I don't feel that for myself. Much love. That's all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still have no shame what I have to say. Just a man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. Enjoy them sports. Different strokes for different folks. Not here. Seggy Station.